0: Hey, good morning, and all. Welcome to the Common Good podcast. Uh, glad to have you uh, around with us today. It's Tuesday. What is it, Rob? The eighteenth or something of nineteenth? Uh, 19th?
1: Nineteenth, 19th. 19th because tomorrow is Whimsy's birthday.
0: How do you like
1: that? How How old is the, the Whimsy? Will be nine years old tomorrow. Wow. Yep. And it reminds me of what my mom used to say to me. She used to say, "I didn't like you when you were nine. Wow! So,
0: <laughs> and you're so. like, mom. As a ten year old, that is hard to hear. Uh, that is, <laughs> uh, I gotta tell you, mom. That cuts cuts straight to the bone. Uh, I didn't yeah. like you as a nine year old. Well, I well, I mean, I guess we could all imagine Rob Reiner. as a nine year old. Um, did did she did she paint the, paint in the uh, the colors on that, or did she just leave you with a general sense of unlikability? <laughs>
1: I, you know, I'm Doug. I'm an enneagram three, and I I like to say that uh, if my parents had loved me, I would be an enneagram seven.
0: For such hope, such hope. I was I was one 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 parent's love away, from having fun in life. Uh, hey, all right. Instead,
1: uh, I'm here just trying to get stuff done. And- Hopefully people will love me <laughs> as result.
0: Earn, earn, somehow, somewhere. <laughs> I, well, well, good morning to you, Rob, from Minneapolis. Uh, we always check in about the weather if people are new to this because you're just here to hear about the Dauphin County Commissioner Race, which we hope you're excited about. Oh, we'll be talking with yeah. Justin Douglas here in a minute about that. But uh, weather outside is just classic fall day. Couldn't be, couldn't be more lovely. I mean, it's really the kind of day where I wish I was still playing golf on a regular basis because, man, you would just hit the course today. In, in the Minnesota area and just enjoy hours and hours of the weather giving you a kiss. It's really quite yes.
1: lovely. Yes. How are things yeah, snirled
0: away outside of Springdale, Arkansas?
1: Absolutely the same way. I I had a call this morning and I thought, well, I could go up into the office and set up and have my call there and then I'll be all ready for the podcast. Or I could sit on the back porch And uh, drink a cup of coffee while I have this uh, Zoom call this morning. And that's what I decided to do because it is just gorgeous weather here. Just absolutely lovely. And I'm drinking my coffee today out of my uh, we almost always almost win mug. Um,
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm guessing this is a football reference. And I heard that somebody, uh, one one of the millionaires involved in the in the uh, conspiracy or in the uh, I don't know what's it called what was Trump's thing called down in Florida uh, or down in Georgia uh, they called it a not a criminal uh, an operate
1: enterprise that. criminal enterprise
0: <clears throat> the enterprise yeah i heard that one of the millionaires involved in the cleveland enterprise uh got a boo boo this weekend
1: y- uh yeah i um you know I-, I was watching the game last night uh wearing the, the person who was injured is a running back named Nick Chubb. Um, I was wearing a Nick Chubb t-shirt, um, as I often do during football games, because I'm huge, huge fan of his. Um, and he, uh, got hit and almost immediately the announcers on Monday night football said. Folks, we're not going to show you the replay of that hit because the injury is so gruesome. Uh, I just can um, we just stop
0: hitting was, people in this. It world? was,
1: um, it was, uh, it, it it was a bit surprising because a it happened like that happened so like they had that that reaction so quickly. Um, so of course, you know, later I'm scrolling on Twitter during the game, and uh, you know, people have posted the video and uh, uh, Nick Chubb's knee, which Mm-mm. normally goes Mm-mm. this way.
0: Well, I'm not looking at the screen now. So anybody else who needs a trigger warning goes,
1: goes, <laughs> no, it go, goes the other direction. You know, it was, you hor- know, here's the thing, here's horrific, the
0: thing, Rob. If that horrific kind of accident happened in other work environments, OSHA, would come in and shut <laughs> yeah. it down. Yeah. Can we just for the love
1: horrific
0: of things. Stop Ooh. this just, yeah. just this madness. I was
1: I was texting a I I was texting with a friend of mine during the game and I and I texted him. I said, I immediately regret seeing that video. It was
0: the the regrets there and I didn't. Much, I they didn't can go exact, much deeper.
1: <laughs> go I, uh, yeah, oh, seriously, they do go deeper. Right. Yeah, that's just that's a that was very service. Yeah, kind no, of it, look, but a real I, one.
0: I still have. I don't, was it Joe Montana? Uh, was some, Joe Theismann. Joe Theismann still
1: sacked by Lawrence Taylor, and uh, yeah, broke look, his you leg, tie, but, yeah.
0: you tie a a nice little belt around their waist. You hang a couple of flags off of it, and you're you're eighty percent of the way to the NFL. Can even make a two-flag tackle, right? Both flags have to come off.
1: Yeah. You know what I think they ought to do? (laughs) What? I I think they ought to play without helmets.
0: Uh. Okay, well, there's a hot take, as you like to say, because then you think they won't ram their bodies into each other?
1: Yeah, they won't won't lead Mm. with their heads. It will greatly, you know, go back to leather helmets. Okay. Greatly reduce uh, concussions. That sport is
0: called rugby, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> they, 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 if you play, if you've seen rugby, they don't play with pads. Right. Precisely yeah. because they're like, you put somebody inside of a military grade Kevlar and they're going to do things. <laughs>
1: they're going you know? to launch themselves like <laughs> yes. a missile at yes. the best running back in the league's knee yeah. and blow. Well, it and backwards. to be clear,
0: these, these athletes are, I mean, the, these are the best in the history of humankind. The, the yeah. strength, the speed, the dexterity, oh, the ability seriously. to fly in the air on point, mm-hmm. the ability to run and cut as fast and hard as they do, it's just, it's, yeah. it's too much. There was a little, you know, because of all the concussions and, and was it CTE? Is that the, because CTE, mm. they were talking, you know, a couple of years ago about really ratcheting all that back. And then, you know, America said- yeah, yeah no, we like football. No, no, we're gonna. <laughs> no, if you if you do that, we're gonna keep taking books away from children at school. So you just you just try to keep waking up, and we're gonna keep shutting it down. And that's the uh, see. There's a tie-in. Football right. has caused book bans. I'll, I'll I'll wrap this around after we talk to the next commissioner uh, for Dauphin <laughs> County in Pennsylvania. Okay, no, I will I will wrap yeah, this back into. Sure. All right, for those who don't know. People run for office for a lot of reasons. People run yeah. for a lot of offices. Rob Ryersey on your screen right now, running for the state house in the great state of Arkansas. And our, uh, our guest today, uh, Justin is running for the county commissioner in Dauphin County, Pennsylvania. Hi, Justin.
2: Hey, Doug. How are you? Rob, Good. how are you
0: doing? Good, buddy. Uh, Apologies if you had to sit through that without uh, you know being able to say uh, a, thing. Uh, a thing. No,
2: it's good. It's good. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, uh, this is the it was heartbreaking news. This is the same knee I think from 2016 that had a yeah, complete they, a complete re uh, like ACL, MCL completely reconstructed. So it's it's yeah, a when really he was heartbreaking yeah. blow.
1: Yeah, he blew out this knee when he was in college. Um, yeah. this the, the, I don't know if you saw the video, Justin. It is. Well, I did not see the video well, and I did not
2: want to see listen,
1: the video. Listen, <laughs> as I posted a picture of, of my We Almost Always Almost Win mug this morning and I said, I don't want to talk about it uh i really i don't want to talk about. let's talk what
0: okay. <laughs> doug's
2: giving me a look like sure you don't
0: really or yeah. literally no, talking I, about it. you started
1: with yeah, the mug okay right. uh, did you uh, draft nick
2: chubb did you draft nick chubb in the first round of your fantasy is that what happened oh, here is that why you
1: can't no it no, no, no 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 <laughs> no i'm a i'm i'm i was born and raised in cleveland ohio my my god's gotcha. fandom of the browns goes deep 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 and uh but no, I don't play fantasy football. That would be ridiculous.
0: Yeah. What kind of obsession would that would that show? It's not enough to actually watch it, but make a fantasy world so you can then yeah. Yeah. on the there days. Was, because what days is professional there, football in the fall not available to us? It's available right. on Sundays. It's available on Mondays. Mm-hmm. It's available on Thursdays. It's often available on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So hey. fantasy football fills your your yeah. Tuesday, oh. Friday
1: yeah um, yeah and I mean, I was wearing a I was wearing a shirt with a uh, oh, last night with with the name I'm a grown man wearing the shirt of with the name of another grown man on it um, you know, which is just and then at one point, my wife said to me, uh, last night she said, you have the word chub written across your back.' Which is was, it uh, is was. it down
0: low like along your hips where the chub gets carried by me? Is that I would, I would want that like hockey name? You know, hockey players put the name down low. All right, hey, no, let's, enough let's of the talk nonsense, to
1: Justin. <laughs>
0: enough of the nonsense, yeah, oh, Justin. All right, hey, it. Justin, I was on, uh, I was over on your website, uh, Douglasfordolphin uh, dot com, and uh, it's terrific, by the way, because you have this like PDF that's circled with all the things that a county commissioner does. Yeah. I think that's fabulous. Will you just start and then we want to know more about you because we think the candidate is as interesting as the race. But mm-hmm. tell us what a commissioner does. Everybody lives in a county. Most of us don't mm-hmm. think about it unless you're asked a question mm-hmm. like you're renewing your license tabs or license registration and you have to tell them what county you're in so they, you know, that portion of the money goes to the proper county. But most of us don't think about ourselves living in a county. Or a lot of us don't anyway. But it's a really important yeah. f- piece of the governmental process. So tell us what what county commissioners
2: do. Yeah, no, uh, you know, the, the, the bigger question, well, I get asked this question all the time. One of the big things I say is like, let's it's maybe easier to talk about what a county commissioner doesn't do, because, oh. you know, when it comes to the county, they, they have oversight of, of so much um, you know, when it comes to development, when it comes to human services. So, hmm. you know, for example, when I think about our human services in Dauphin County, I think about, you know, Dauphin County prison, children and youth, mental health care. Um, I, I mean, I could continue going on and on through all the human services that exist in our County. They oversee gaming grants because we have a casino in our, uh, County specifically. And so that, that casino, uh, the agreement with that casino is that there's, uh, grants that are made available through the, uh, profits for, for that casino that then get, uh, sent out to nonprofits or other initiatives happening throughout the county. And the county commissioners are the determiners of where those grant that grant money flows to. Um, they oversee the board of elections. That's probably one of the biggest, I think, hot topics right oh, now, um, county, okay. county county commissioners, um, oversee the board of elections. They set the, uh, they, they set that up. So, um, so we just have a lot, um, I would say at stake with our county commissioners, they're almost like the governors of the county. Is what I kind of try to tell uh-huh. people. Some people use the words like some people use language like CEOs. The challenge is it's not really a CEO position or a governor position, and that there's one person in Pennsylvania's way at least of setting it up. And this is in most counties in Pennsylvania. There are some some um, some outliers, but in most counties in Pennsylvania, you have three com- county commissioners, um, and there's bipartisan representation on there. So you'll have four people run uh you know well two, two democrats two republicans typically obviously there can be other you know candidates on the ticket as well but the top three vote getters get in and so you have minority party representation so in, in, in the history of dauphin county it's only ever been two republicans and one democrat and uh this year we're hoping that we can have two democrats and one republican
0: and and what difference would that make short of the person who identifies as a republican or a democrat probably has a different political perspective what is our power thing like there is in the legislature does it make Mm -hmm. any difference short of the individual that's that's in that
2: commissioner role well all three all three individuals who are who are running for this office we're going to run unopposed and they're all they've all been in county politics their entire life uh part of what got me in the race was that i feel like we should have a choice and i also feel like we should have we should have new voices uh new ideas coming to the surface uh in our politics and you know so much of um the county is is the, the reality that we're serving people and uh in my career as a pastor I've just felt this call to serve people one of the parables that I've shared with people is about these two guys who are walking along a river and uh, they're out on a hike they're walking along a river and they hear a child in the creek drowning and one of them jumps in saves the child pulls him to the shore by the time he gets him to the shore there's another child drowning the other person jumps in before long, they're going back and forth, pulling these kids out 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 of the river. And uh, this lasts for about 10 minutes before one of them says, uh, just just pulls a child to the shore and then just starts walking on the trail again. And the other ones in the water still rescuing kids. And it's like, what are you doing? Where are you going? And he goes, I'm going up river to see who keeps throwing these kids in the water. Hmm. And I feel like part of what I'm doing here, you know, as a pastor, I've seen the crisis in the unhoused community. I've seen the crisis in drug and alcohol rehabilitation. These are both things that county commissioners oversee with resources for the county. Um, you know, uh, they, they, they help with unhoused issues and they also help with drug and alcohol rehabilitation. i go on and on with the things as a pastor that I've seen downstream effects of in a culture, in a community, things that are maybe underfunded or understaffed or just under-resourced, um, where I think, you know, this is me going upstream and saying, I wanna have mm. a, a, a little bit of a say in h- how these structures, are organized, uh, the policies, the systems that I think could work better for the people that need them. And ultimately I think give them a better chance at, um, succeeding within the community. Yes, beautiful. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Justin, you don't, you don't look like a typical politician <laughs> or want to be politician. Um, you know, you're, you mentioned that you've been a pastor, you know, you're not, you're not coming from like, you know, the lawyer world into this, you know, with the, with the suit and tie and all of that. How is how is it been running as like as
2: as you? Yeah, no, I think that's actually, you know, I'll say this. I think that's actually kind of a, a little bit of a, my, my superpower. Not that not that I have superpowers, but that, you know, as a pastor, I've never looked like a pastor either. I have a full sleeve tattoo, I, are, you know, on my arm. I have gauged earrings. Like, I, I, I have never really looked like a pastor in my life either. Maybe a youth pastor. Um, but, uh, but I, 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 um, I think part of that is the relatability factor. You know, um, in our particular state, we have someone like Fetterman who wears hoodies everywhere and shorts. It's like there's something that connects about someone just being a person, not being, you know you know, for lack of a better term a, a suit and not that i'm saying that's yeah. who other politicians yeah. are but i think i think that i think my i want to be authentic i'm running as an authentic candidate i'm not bought i don't have people telling me how to dress telling me how to how to do things uh, my entire campaign staff is volunteers honestly most of them are just friends of mine who are who are willing to volunteer yeah. for my campaign and help me out and share ideas and we're passionate about serving people. And that's the center of our campaign, not the way I look. I'm not going to change who I am to get into an office. And yeah. look, I'll throw, a, I'll throw a suit on more than I frequently do because like Thursday night, I got to go to a gala event. I got to put a suit on. Um, I'm not opposed to that, but like, as far as like the, the way I, the way I look, I, I want to be authentically me. And, yeah. and that, that I think is connected with voters, especially as I've knocked on doors. They've kind of been surprised that I'm running for office. Uh, I was at yeah. a fair last night. People were walking by the booth and they just thought I was man in the booth, and I was like, "I'm running for Dauphin County Commissioner." They're like, "Oh, you're oh, yeah. running," and so it's almost like a good little superpower to knock people off guard, to, to, to be memorable, yeah. and also to maybe make an impression. Justin, yeah, I want to d- I
0: want to double down on this one because it, you also could have a look from people who pay attention to style, short cropped sure. hair on the side for those who are just listening to the podcast, longer on the top, mm-hmm. white guy. Middle ish uh, age, peak, peak performance age, sleeved tattoos. That can also look like a lot of right wingers. That can look like a lot of the uh, oh, sure. sort yeah. of hardcore Trumpies. Do you get that when, like, not only do people say, are people saying to you, hey, you don't really strike me as a politician, does your whole vibe kind of give off the feel to people? And then they're like, oh, and you're running as a Democrat? Like, does, is that, is that piece in there, in there as well? You know what I'm getting at? Have you picked up huh, any of that? That's,
2: that's, hey, that's happened. That's, that's definitely happened. There's been people who are like, oh, you're, you're running as a Democrat. I didn't know. Or they'll have a whole conversation with me. I really like you. And then they find out I'm running as a Democrat. And then they're <laughs> yeah. like, well, I, I don't like you now. And it's like, we just talked about, like last night I talked to a guy at the, the, the Grats Fair, which is largely, it's in upper Dauphin County. And that area is largely uh, Republican, uh, it would be like you know, some people call it Trump country, but I live in Trump country part of our county. Um, I don't really want to define people by Trump, not Trump, Democrat, Republican, I think people are people. And I think when we talk about local politics, it's maybe the best place to kind of start to say, um, we might be divided on some things, but there's a lot of unity we can find. For example, when I talk to Republicans, even Trump voters, about 18 people dying in our prison in the last four years, and then I start talking about the circumstances of those deaths. Um, they're equally concerned they, they think that's a problem. When I talk about um, concerns over our real estate tax for our county being almost twice as much as the neighboring counties and the concern that we're going to potentially need to raise taxes, we haven't raised taxes in 18 years. And that's where our rate is. Um, that that's a problem for conservatives and progressives. Mm. So some of the things that you would typically think would fall on just one side of the coin, mm-hmm. I think are issues for both. And I think when we bring people into the conversation, when we talk about, you know, spot zoning and how certain people with certain privileges are getting zoned certain ways, getting favors, you know, behind closed doors that are um, ultimately not working for the people, um, you know the other thing I've I've found a real connection with. You know I I might have a goal to knock all the doors in my particular township, Conewago Township, which is where I live, where I am right now, where I'm on this call. I think it's about eighty percent Republican. As I've already started knocking those doors, you know, hundreds of doors in my township already. Um, it's been very interesting to connect with uh, Republican voters because I can see, obviously, before I knock on your door, I know if you're a Republican or Democrat, we have the walking list. We can see all that. Okay, and, just um, pause and, and tell
0: I, us how you know that. A lot of listeners might not know how that's knowable. Talk about oh, that no, list, yeah. that thing you have in
2: this your hand. Is, this is all things I've learned, you know, along the way of, of, of running a political campaign. But pretty much you have a, um, an elections office that you can go and you can get that information as a candidate. Um, so we have a big, huge box because it's a countywide race of paper that that gives us the walking list. We can all, we also access it digitally. We paid to access it digitally from the elections office on a thumb drive. Um, and then we have a software that we use. We're using a software called Universe to um, to then parse that data out and create you know, walking lists that are most efficient. Um, and that kind of give us an idea of, you know, different sections that we could hand off to volunteers Mm -hmm. or doing whichever way we want. So this this is like just deep canvassing, I can get really into it. But ultimately, um, if you voted, uh, your data, not necessarily who you voted for, but just how you're registered. I don't know who you could vote for a Democrat if you registered Republican, I would never know that. But, um, but what I would know is what your affiliation is, what your party affiliation is. So I go knock on a door. Um, so we, we've been doing that. And, um, and you know, I think, I guess I would say, I think there's a lot more openness to a candidate like me, even from people in, you know, Trump world. Now, now I'm not going to say people in that particular space are open to a candidate with a D next to their name, because I don't think they are. But I will say, you know, I grew up in rural Indiana. I grew up on a farm. Um, I grew up where there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity for people. And when Trump won the first time. There was a lot of people very shocked by that. Um, I wasn't as shocked because in talking with friends back home, they didn't necessarily like Trump, but they thought he represented the Molotov cocktail into the system that never worked for them. Um, Now, obviously, if you're still riding with Trump, that's. That's become a very different thing, but, right. but I guess it's I was, now <laughs> Mad Max, he
0: blew it all guess, up and now, exactly, you're, now exactly. you're riding through a Mad uh, Max landscape. But, yeah. Mm.
2: But, but what I would say is the connection to, to, is to say some people don't like establishment politics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I represent the non-established politician, yep. So I think trying to find a deeper thing that might've connected them to a candidate like Trump and, and start the conversation yep. there um, that's kind of been how I've handled it. And, uh, and it's, and it's for the most part gone well.
1: Thank yeah. you. Part of our, part of our theory of change here at, uh, at Vote Common Good is this idea. <clears throat> There's kind of two things that go along with it. One is we're looking, we're always looking for and encouraging candidates to be exceptional candidates. And what we mean by that is, the type of candidate that someone's willing to make an exception for they'd say, Mm. Oh, I'd never vote for a Democrat, but I would vote for Justin. And you know, that they're, they're willing to make that little exception, you know? And then the other, the other thing that we operate on in, in, in that we, that we're really focusing on is this idea that behavioral change happens before identity change. Mm. Uh, Like, We're not, we're not out here trying to like make more Democrats. What we're trying to do is get people to behave differently, i.e. vote differently. And so, you know, part of, imagine Justin, part of your pitch can be is, listen, I'm not, you're a Republican. I'm not asking you to, you know, give up your identity as a Republican. Like just try, try something different this time. Let's. Hmm. You know. Well, do you want to know what I
2: say to that? Do you want to know what I say yeah. to that? Which is a very, very unique yeah. thing I can say in my race is I can say, guess what? You can still vote for a Republican and you can vote for me Yeah, yeah. because, because <laughs> I they, get two two votes. Votes. they get it. two votes and so I'm like, love it. vote for a Republican and vote for me. So uh, it, works, uh, it works in my
0: that's case. That's great. Yeah. Justin, we, we have a little quippy phrase where we say, you're still you, even if you vote blue. So feel free <laughs> to, feel, like, feel, free to like that that. <laughs> feel free to use I that one. Feel free to use that one. I will, I will, I <laughs> will. <laughs> if you want to. Uh, hey, what, um, what have you learned about yourself in all this? Yeah. Um, what's, what's been the thing that you're like, well, okay. There was a piece of me that has uh, coming to life because I'm now in this role.
2: Oh, that's good. Um, you know, I think, I I think I, I've, I've learned that a lot of my, entrepreneurial, like spirit and energy and like, I, I've, you know, helped kind of launch two different churches in my time uh, as a pastor, um, a lot of grassroots getting volunteers plugged in, and connecting people to a mission, I guess, mm-hmm. is what I would say, not just connecting people to something to do, but connecting people to something that has purpose. Um, that's something I've spent a lot of my life doing. And I don't think I ever realized, um how that might transfer outside of church work only right and i think i've seen some of like wow this is like like i'm i'm surprised that people are surprised i'm doing this well because this is just what i've always done and so that's been interesting i'll i'll also give a negative because i don't just want to give a positive i think you know um this negative is a little bit about me but also a little bit about our system as i pulled the curtain back is like seeing what it takes to fundraise for even a local election, um, and realizing that you know, in talking with, I've gotten very connected to some political figures um, in Pennsylvania politics and beyond, and and seeing that most of their days are spent fundraising, um, and realizing that you know, obviously there's a necessary element of fundraising, but realizing how much that apparatus of of money is pulling people, I think, away from um, the job, but then on top of it, um, creating the sideways energy of influence, you know, being mm. bought. And, and, and I think I'm very much, ai am a very principled leader. That's who I've always been. Um, you know, in 2019, I lost my job because I decided LGBT people should be included in the church. Um, and that was something I was willing to do. I knew that was potentially on the table. Um, but that was a hill I was willing to die on because that's the type of leader I am. Um, I, I think, um, when I'm looking at our political landscape in the future, you're either only gonna have rich people around or people willing to be bought if it maintains this way, you know. And 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 I, I think that's something I'm learning about like how do I do this differently and still get my name out there and still have an impact. Um, mm-hmm. obviously a local race is different than a if this was a national race, that'd be very, very challenging.
0: You know, I, I ran for the state house here in Minnesota and didn't get the nomination. So I like to say I was like early Hillary Clinton. Um soon I want to be like the next stage of Hillary Clinton uh you know where I get the nomination even if I don't win. Um and then after that r- race one of the political organizers here uh I worked through a thing called the Wellstone project and so one of the kind of coaches in that world said hey you should think about running for county commissioner and I said oh man I it was a lot of work just thinking about the house like because that's kind of the smallest, you know, constituency. It wasn't even a full city. The whole county said, I don't think I have time for that. And he said an interesting thing. He said, Oh, there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so many doors you're ever gonna knock on. You're it's mm-hmm. um you it's not like you're having to do more and more. You're just gonna have to organize it differently. Yeah. Like organize it yeah. for wider for wider impact. And and I thought that was I thought that was interesting, right? That it's, um, that that's what goes on in these, in these politics. And I'm not going to make you dive into Robin, my constant conversation, whether small dollar donors are killing politics. I believe it is because not only are things getting more expensive Mm -hmm. just to do everything, the signs behind you to print, buying the data, just all this basic stuff just as expensive. Mm -hmm. Billboards. You're going to talk about that in a minute, that you're putting up some billboards. Um, but then the fact that you've got to go around and get, you know, 4,000 people <laughs> to donate to you is just exhausting, right? Like, uh, and the people, some of those people that yeah. give money are getting hit up by lots of people. So there's just something really broken about the whole, the yeah. whole process in addition, in addition to the money. But in the end, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. So how much money is this thing going to cost you and I know you don't want to be bought, but if you were willing to be bought, how expensive is this race? If someone was going to buy you out for this whole thing, someone's going to, well, my, my,
2: my answer, my answer to chat. that would be, we'll find out after November 7th, how much this race costs. Okay. We're, Fair we're, enough. we're doing it. We're doing it on a shoestring budget and we really think we're actually going to be able to make an impact. But I also played in bands, you know, throughout college and DIY marketing is kind of what fans yep. do, you know what I mean? And so I, I think I think it's a little, we're, we have a little bit different approach. We're not gonna go pay some marketing firm $100,000 to market for our campaign. So I will say, you know, my opponents by the end, I think have already, all three of my opponents have raised a quarter of a million dollars. They're um, all three of the other ones running. Um, and, and, and to put that in perspective, we haven't even gone through the, they haven't even reported the, 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 the period of time that's probably the highest dollar donations that they'll be getting. So like by the time election comes, they could raise something like $400,000. Now, I want you to think about that. This job pays about a $100,000 a year. So they could raise in one campaign election cycle, what they're going to make over the four year term that they're going to be in office. Um, That that's an interesting, you know, uh, situation. And then, and, and and I, and I don't want to be critical of our current commissioners, but I'm more critical of the system because this is happening in every county, not just ours. What ends up happening is when you go look at those sheets and who's giving money to them the people giving money to them are corporations that also hold county contracts and the county commissioners are yeah. determining those contracts an example right. of one of those contracts might be you know we have a prison that is profiting off of the communication of our prisoners meaning for prisoners to stay in contact with their family their kids for example they have to pay a premium for that contact that contact is through is is outsourced to a corporation, they bid on a contract. My question is if that corporation gives money to commissioners who who set those contracts next time they're up for bid, if it's in the next four years, are they really going to do what's best for the taxpayer and get the best deal for the taxpayer? And I would even say for the prisoner to make sure the prisoner is not paying an exorbitant amount to communicate with their family. No, they're going to probably go with the, with the organization Mm -hmm. that has been funding their campaign. It's a, it's a very interesting situation. And, and, and look, I I think that long-term is what we need to be thinking about. Obviously my campaign isn't running on fixing that because I'm not going to be able to fix that apparatus, but I do think what we're trying to do is say, we're not going to become part of that apparatus. So, you know, conservative estimates from the people I've talked to have said, we need to raise a quarter of a million dollars to have any chance to win this race. We're nowhere close to that. And I would say we don't really want to be because we're not really trying to run that kind of campaign. At the same time, if you want to donate to my campaign, it's right there, and we'll get we'll <laughs> yeah. get some more billboards. And we will be every dollar you donate will be used efficiently. I can promise you that.
0: Okay, so it's not it's not a quarter of a million. I said a hundred thousand. Do you have a budget for a hundred grand? Like, what's where where are you at? We're, right?
2: bu- we're more in the um, we have we have not budgeted specifically what we're, what we're going for. We have tiers of budgeting. Yeah. If we get to this, this is what we want. And so we've hit the tier where we're, where we're getting a billboard now. Um, right. I think, you know, 50 grand to a hundred grand somewhere in that range would be, would be great for us. We can do a lot with that. Like, and I don't yeah. think people realize, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, people spend a lot of money on mailers and I understand it's yeah. the name out there but you know we're also trying to connect with the younger generation of voters and get them activated and so if we can activate younger voters we're not going to activate them through mail in uh, we're yeah, going to activate right. them more through texting texting options and and also um, if we are going to hit those demographics that typically do want a mailer we can we can activate volunteers to go do door hangers you know a lot of volunteers don't want to knock on a door and have necessarily an interaction but they'll right. go hang they'll go walk and hang door hangers so we're just trying to find the 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 more efficient way to do this and 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 part of that is again i think i've had a history of mobilizing people for Mm -hmm, you know in mm -hmm. ministry you work on a shoestring budget i mean at least in the ministries i've run you work on a shoestring budget and so i'm familiar with doing that work and uh and that's part of what we're committed to doing making every dollar count
0: Because paying a federal employee to deliver those flyers to every house is much more expensive than asking a bunch of volunteers to do it, right? When you ask the post office to have a person walk up to every house and put it in their mailbox, which again, just to pause for a minute on how great the post office is. There's an employee that walks up to your house every day, six days a week, and brings you stuff. For forty-two cents yeah. each, it's just incredible. But you start doing that over, you know, fifty thousand homes, and that gets that gets to be real. Mm-hmm. That becomes real money by the time you print it and ship it and mm-hmm. stamp it and deliver it and all that. So, yeah. look, and and this this is the piece of it, and and you know, oftentimes campaigns want to talk about the system and the money. They all should. They all do. Everyone, um, and it's also good to just really put a dollar amount on it, like to say. Mm-hmm. Here's how much money it costs and here's where the money goes. Back in the early 2000s or, or maybe late 90s, middle 90s, there was some book by a guy, uh, uh, one of those Gen X authors, uh, maybe the guy who wrote the first book called Gen X. Do you know, you know what I'm talking about? He's mm-hmm. was kind of one of those. Anyway, in the beginning of the book, he says, okay, here's here's how this went. I was paid this much money for a, a, a contract to write this book. Here's where the money went. It took me this many months to write it. Here's what I had to pay for this. He put the budget in the front of the book. And it was kind of this generational deconstruction thing, right? Like, I just want to show you how all this works to an author, an author Mm -hmm. like me. And that really struck me. Maybe maybe that's a generational thing. I think people appreciate that kind of stuff. Like, hey, here's Mm -hmm. here's where we spend our money. Here's where it goes. This is how much they have. This is how much Mm -hmm. we have. Mm -hmm. And... Because the, well, the obliqueness you, just, of this is what really confuses yeah. people. They're like, "Man, I just have literally. Why am I chipping in five dollars to all these people? What do they do with any of it?"
2: Yeah, so yep. we just we just spent seventeen, I think, are six fifteen hundred dollars on uh, two hundred and fifty of these signs. More signs. We have we had signs already for the primary. Now we're getting more signs. Um, and we have a strategic way we're going to use those signs because they can be put out in public places a month before the election. And so um, trying to get name recognition up means that we're going to really try to strategically pick spots uh, within Pennsylvania. You can put them on roadways and things in public spaces. So how we're going to do that, we just purchased a billboard. I think it was right around $3,000 to run from, you know, the September 25th to the election we're a hundred percent transparent on what we're spending that's money great. on. We're not spending money on staff. Again, that's that, I mean, a big a portion of dollars goes to staff, mm-hmm. goes yep. to a lot of um, consulting work and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that's yep. not important, but I think in the race I'm running, we're not going to spend half our budget on that stuff. For us Beautiful. it's going to be far more like yep. tactical printing, uh, making sure yep. we're getting the word out. And, um, and I mean, Here's the other thing that we're gonna mobilize. We're gonna mobilize volunteers to be at polls on the day of. As people are walking in to to, to vote, we can have have people standing there in a Justin Douglas shirt, telling them why they should vote for Justin Douglas. And um, if we can cover most precincts with volunteers, other people will pay people to stand outside. And during the primary, I actually witnessed some of those people being paid. They were sitting in lawn chairs, they didn't engage. I was at one polling place for two hours and the person just sat there with a stack of things, didn't engage one voter and they're getting paid to sit there, but they're not engaging people. So, like, I also think people who are on mission and on purpose for a candidate are far more likely to actually say i'm voting for justin and here's why you should too so that's kind of people power is our campaign that's we know that's a far greater resource than money but it also does take money you know that's Mm -hmm. part of it
1: It does yep yep Yep. so justin for you know i i married a pennsylvania girl um went to college and seminary in in pennsylvania um i have no idea where dauphin county is or what it includes (laughs) For those yeah. of us that, that you know, aren't super familiar geographically with where sure. we're at, like what what's, what's Dauphin County all about?
2: So Dauphin County is a really important county. It has uh, the capital city, Harrisburg. So Harrisburg is within Dauphin County. Um, it is one of the things that creates some challenges. We have so many governmental buildings within the county that aren't necessarily paying taxes because that's how it works, right? Most capital hmm. cities in that. We also have Hershey Park. So, um, Hershey and Hershey Park uh, are within the county as well. Um, so those would be two landmarks that most people from outside of Dauphin County might be familiar with Harrisburg city and Hershey. Obviously there's so much more the county has to offer. We're just north of Lancaster. If you've ever been to, you know, you know, Amish country out there, Lancaster, um, so yeah, central, can we just, central Pennsylvania. Can we,
1: yeah. Could we just pause for a second for all of our non-Pennsylvania folks to notice how you just pronounce the name of that city? It's not Lancaster. Everybody from all over the country. It's not Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's Lancaster. Yes.
2: Yeah, so, so I, I learned this when I got here. Uh, I moved here eight years ago, and um, my wife refuses to say it that way. She can't stand it. And I'm oh. like, you have to say it that way. That's the only way. And it's, it, it's it, just, it's real it simple. Yeah, could, <laughs> it could. I probably shouldn't have revealed that. Um, but you just you, you just have to say it land and then make it fast. Land kissed her. And and that's that's all you gotta do. Do it that way and that's the that's the that's the right way. So, yeah. mm.
0: so it's a, I mean so it's a well known well known part of the part of the state, which and because mm-hmm. it's the capital, a lot of people that just have additional interest in this county compared to some other counties. Why has, why have these commissioner seats been unchallenged and why are they unchallenged now with the exception of the Justin Douglas campaign?
2: Well, I mean, to be fair, every year they've been challenged. they just challenges haven't been, you know, haven't been successful. Oh, I, um, I, I think, see. I think part of the, the, the difficulty is that, you know, once you're in a County commissioner role um, you are front facing in so many ways that it's almost its own campaign commercial constantly. You're at every ribbon cutting almost for the county. You're constantly, uh, if you go to our website, just go to Dauphin, I think it's Dauphin or where, whatever it is, like, you'll see all three of the commissioner spaces right at the top. Like, um, it's very, um, they, they, their names are on everything is what I guess I would say, uh, for the county. Got and it. that it's a very interesting, uh, interesting way that that works to, I think, further entrench those individuals. Now, now, I, I, I'm not going to say that that's I, I don't know if that's par for the course, you know, but I think I think the challenge is it, it takes an exceptional candidate to then come along and um, yeah. and upset that. I think Top I think we're up. in a unique time. We're in a unique time right now. So let me tell you the unique time we're in right now. One of the one of the um, Republican uh commissioners over the last four years uh retired um there was some controversy there uh in that and um and there was a new person appointed into that role now that person's been in county politics Their, um you know from what i understand their entire life um so uh their entire working career so um that transition that person has never ran for this office um, so my hope would be that name recognition maybe isn't on the level that the former person who I think was there for something like 25 years um, before um, you know uh, retiring, uh, that that might be some exposure. Also, a lot of the prison problems have just become very common knowledge in our county um, to to I think tell people are people are interested in a different option, mm-hmm. someone that's going to try someone's going to try to fix this. It's been a long-running problem. So,
0: yeah. Justin, I, I live in Minnesota, and I was in a little town called Stillwater, which was, is on the Mississippi River. And it was one of the first established places uh, when, in the 1850s when the state was going to become a state. The three entities that they created first was a capital city, St. Mm-hmm. Paul. They picked mm-hmm. Minneapolis for a university, And the third institution that they made sure at the founding of the state was a penitentiary, a prison. Like the three things you need is a state capital, a place to educate people at the college level, and a place to lock people up. I bring that up because often state capitals also have a proximity to a penitentiary. Like prisons in America are just built into the fabric of it all and becomes one of the more entrenched institutions in this whole thing. You being a candidate that's talking about this, does that stir up frustration? Are, are people uncomfortable with that or uninterested in you getting all uh, up in the business of what's going on in the prisons?
2: So, so let me say it this way. I, I, I've, I've been going to the Dolphin County Prison Board meetings uh, pretty faithfully, since launching this campaign and i had an awareness of like online i was on an online presence prior to that and i've been in person uh, mostly um i have found a way to connect i think to just about every voter republican democrat independent why the issue of the prison is important to them so let me start here if you are worried about human rights Um, There are violations of human rights happening within our prison right now that are unnecessarily happening. Hmm. Um, We are 73 people understaffed based on our based on the meeting I was at last week. That's Hmm. correction officers, treatment specialists. Um, We have over a thousand people in our county prison. Um, They most of the time are on lockdown. And that's because they don't have the staff to allow for yard time. So you're spending 23 and a half hours in a cell. Um, I think the number Mm. was that they only they only have to offer you two showers a week. Um, There's all kinds of problems that exist when you're understaffed like they are not to mention when someone has a medical episode, how quickly are they going to be able to respond when they're so grossly understaffed? And so uh, and that's usually when people die is that they have a medical episode that goes untreated or isn't treated in, in a proper, proper way. That's been some of the challenges that's existed when you look at when you, you know, for lack of a better term, do an autopsy on the last 18 deaths, that's been the that's been the problem. So if you care about human rights, and you care about treating people with dignity and respect, um, uh, then 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 that's, a, that's a lane. Now, now, here's the deal. Not everybody does. That's the that's the challenge with the prison, right? Yeah. Uh, not everybody cares about that. But let's say you care about you know you're fiscally conservative and you care about money let's talk about how we are taking people with unpaid parking tickets with traffic fines with um unpaid child support and we're putting them behind bars and we're paying roughly this is the estimate roughly 300 roughly 300 a day we are paying for these people to be in prison now think about that over the course of a month. Over the course of a month, this is money that could drastically transform their lives, and if they are, you know, not paying child support, it could transform the lives of their families that they're that they're responsible to support. Yeah. But it's not going to put them back in a position to support their family. And if you're fiscally mm-hmm. conservative, why would we be locking these people up? This makes absolutely the most expensive punishment, punishment possible. It, yeah. Yes. It, but but yeah. It, and th- well, this is where I'm saying like I, I've found ways to I think connect with people. On, on various uh, on on various ways, and then on top of it to say, you know, uh, correction officers are getting burned out because now they're having to work overtime because they're understaffed, and then they're being put into compromising situations. Like whatever side of the coin that you look at this, and you care about that issue, it's not working for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so it's important to know that, like, if we can make. The changes, so people ask, what would you do on on day one? Well, on day one, what I would do is I would argue that we need to declare a state of emergency in the Dauphin County prison. We need to release all nonviolent offenders, especially those being held on on fines, put them on an ankle monitor if you need to, whatever you gotta do, Um, tell them their court date. We live in a world where we can text them updates to their court dates and all that kind of stuff. Um, And I think we need to consider what it looks like to rehabilitate prisoners. We have prisoners who are only, so Dauphin County, if you're in Dauphin County prison, you're there for two years or less. If you get more than that, you're going to a state prison. Mm-hmm. So these are people who are who are, barri- who are gonna be back in our communities. Like if you want a safer community, we can't treat these people this way and then expect them to come out rehabilitated and ready to contribute to society. So I've been talking to some organizations, like uh, I talked to an organization a couple months ago that does, they do VR headsets for, um, for prisoners that teach them uh, the trades like HVAC, they can do you know HVAC through VR, and electrician through VR. And then when they come out, they're certified and ready to go start an apprenticeship. Like if we could get programs like that into our prison, then what we can do is we can get these people ready to to come out and have a different opportunity than the one that likely a society that, you know, doesn't provide affordable housing, doesn't provide, you know, fair paid jobs, doesn't provide adequate education, that the failure that that has set up for them, we can undo some of that, during this time. So I, I want to see this as a comeback story for these people who are in prison. Um, and ultimately something that might save the taxpayers money in the long run, and make our community safer. So I know that's a long rant, but I, I'm very passionate wow. about this. This is one of the big keys of my campaign is to say, we can do so much better than we've done in this area. Yeah. And it can have a huge impact on our community. Yeah,
0: Justin, wow. thank you. Justin, Thanks for running. So man. Great. Uh, hey,
2: listen,
1: uh, Justin, shameless plug. You know, I don't know, just to annoy Doug, like, can how many, how many, you know, twenty dollar donors can we get to, uh, you know, come your way? Wow. Twenty dollars wow. or a thousand dollars or whatever anybody can do. Oh, it's gonna uh, be shameless chipping. plug: if if folks want to follow along, uh, they want to track your campaign, they want to give, they want to be a part. Um, you know, what? Can, how can
2: they find you? What can they do? Well, one of the things I really appreciate is that we have a lot of people supporting me that do not live in Dauphin County that are just seeing someone passionate about their community, someone, you know, a little younger than the demographics that typically are out there in politics, getting involved, and trying to be themselves in the process, like you highlighted earlier, I think we need more of that. And that's something that's refreshing to a lot of people. So if this has been refreshing to you, but you don't live in Dauphin County, uh, obviously, I can understand this isn't your community, this isn't the place where maybe you want to invest. But I think, you know, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I think as we see these candidates that are coming up that have a heart for justice, that have a heart to make things right within our politics, that have a have a heart for for you know common good, the common good of our communities. Um, supporting them can make a huge difference. So some of the ways you can support me is as simple as following me on Instagram, Douglas for Dolphin on Instagram. Um, go to my website. There's ways that you can support through donating. Uh, like I said, you know um, it costs money to make signs. It costs money to print uh, the things we're going to hang on doors. It costs money. We would love to have a second and third and fourth billboard. Uh, that stuff costs money, thousands of dollars. And so every dollar you donate, it could be just you deciding you're not going to have Starbucks today. Cause you want to support my campaign. That would make a huge difference in our ability to get the word out that there's a different option this, this time around. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Thank Justin, you Justin
0: Douglas. You.
2: Hey, so Andy, this this job. election
0: is this fall, right? Again, some yes, most 7th. of our elections are in twenty twenty four. This is one of the rare ones that's in twenty twenty three. So you are eight weeks out or something like this, huh?
2: Yep, so. we're we're I think at the fifty day mark now. So it is oh. it is right here. Every every moment is in, in the forefront of my mind. Obviously, hey, well, thanks for spending
0: so. <laughs> those moments with us. Let, Appreciate it,
2: I,
1: just Justin. Hey, uh, just free free advice from a political consultant. Yeah, you are at the fifty day mark. $50, you know, we're 50 days out. Encourage people to give $50 today.
2: There you go. And then I 49 like
0: tomorrow stuff. and 48 the yeah. next day. And Throw by the time it, I do yeah. the math, probably, yeah. probably hit the limit. Yeah,
2: yeah. I love it. Thank
0: yeah. you, Justin. I
1: love it. All right. Good Thank chatting you with you, Justin.
0: Hey, we'll see you. Yeah. Bye now.
1: Bye.
0: Rob, that's awfully refreshing, isn't it?
1: Oh, it's so great. Glad so. people, I'm glad people
0: run for office, especially these, these commissioner, yeah. county commissioner roles. Cause man.
1: Seriously. And it's so interesting, like the different approaches that counties have, you know, like, I, I don't know how it's set up, you know, it, there where, where you live, but yeah, I don't, need man, that, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. I, wish I, did. I mean, having, yeah, having three county yeah. commissioners that kind of run the county, like it's, I mean, here in Arkansas. We've got, we've got um, a county judge mm-hmm. and justices of the peace, and those sound like judicial things, but they're not. They're actually the the county judge is the executive branch of county government. The justice of the pieces, the justices of the peace, um, the pies. The pies, <laughs> the justices of the peace, are are called the quorum court. They're like nothing to do with court, and they they are the legislative branch. Um, and it's just you know, so it's set up. It, it's so interesting how you know counties are set up differently. And yeah. you're right now googling how your county. I set literally
0: up. did you see my eyes yeah. over there? That's that's <laughs> what that that's what I look like when I'm reading things on my screen. Uh, Hennepin County where I live has seven. Commissioners, not oh. three. So you
1: know. There you go. Super interesting.
0: Worth worth noting because, buddy, I'll tell you, I have walked into a lot of uh, uh, of polls, you know, voting polls. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who I was going to vote for for county commissioners. Oh, not even on the. I know. Not even.
1: I know it's the and, worst. And I was going to ask Justin.
0: You, you know what? I bet. I bet most ballots go blank on that, and the people who win have this name recognition where the people who know vote and the people who don't know just don't vote and they're left blank. And that's my guess. Uh, I mean,
1: yeah. Or people do. Yeah. I mean, people do, um, you know, I think all sorts of weird things, you know, they'll like, they'll vote for the most interesting name or they'll vote, you know, they'll vote for someone whose name makes them think that it's a you know it's a woman instead of a man i mean
0: no like, that's I, okay you're right i do that stuff yep yep i do yep. that yep. for women yeah.
1: not, so, not for not for men yeah 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 so yeah it's super interesting and, and you know what else i realized go, i do
0: just now break remember that if I, if people's yard signs have been in a place that have irritated me like uh. you know classic <laughs> old man like there's a corner that we have to make a turn on and people put freaking signs there. And I'm like, I am never voting for you because you didn't have the common sense to know that we try to make a left turn here and we yeah. can't see because of your yard sign. Yeah.
1: So, uh, uh, yes, all, I'm, I'm I'm petty like that too.
0: Totally yeah. petty like that. Uh, hey, speaking of petty like that, you know who's super petty? Lauren Boebert. Uh, she's oh, a congresswoman from Colorado.
1: Um <laughs>
0: Can we just can we just dive right in in our final minutes on this uh of of political news?
1: Yeah, and I want to I want to give I want to give a hot take not related to Lauren Boebert. I've got a hot take that, uh, that on might surprise else? people. Okay. On something else. Yeah. All right. Just, so uh, so let's talk about Lauren sure Boebert. She she
0: time. is she has been a, f- a more than she's earned more than her legislative reputation should give her for public attention. Yep. She is some for a whole lot of reasons. Her look, her style, her flamboyant, mega-supporting nonsense statements.
1: Yeah, her Uh, kind of eccentric personality.
0: Well, over the weekend, video came out of her in a theater watching the show, live performance of Beetlejuice, behaving badly, shall we say, including vaping in the theater. And so she was removed for a whole variety of things. The security cameras now show this. Apparently she didn't know there were security cameras, Rob. Here's what I love about this. So she denied the behavior that, that the theater said they removed her for. <laughs> I did not vape. <laughs> and then there's just video of her literally vaping.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I'm going to
0: set aside my my just personal opinion about vaping as a whole and how I think about it. But just to say, you don't get to do that behavior in the theater. And she did, and I don't know what was in her vape pen. But watching her behavior after the vaping, I have some suspicions. And I yes. bet if there was a drug test run, she wouldn't pass. Well, she wouldn't. She wouldn't come yeah. up clean.
1: As, well, listen, uh, as but one might. But, one might say. Yeah, listen. Colorado marijuana is legal in Colorado, so like. Yeah, no, no judgment there, but
0: well, sheesh. but for a sitting Congressperson, I don't know. Do you know? Can a Congressperson in in inject take in a federally banned substance? This guy doesn't know. I, I don't
1: know. i don't it's know. curious.
0: Curious question. I don't
1: know. Did, have you seen the uh, <clears throat> Have you seen the video of her? Uh, I think returning to Washington D.C. and she's, you know, has a, sh- a brief conversation with a paparazzi um, about about what happened. And do you know? Do you know what her comment was? Her comment was, "Well, I guess I'm going to have to start checking the voter registration of the people I go on dates with." Blaming this on the fact that the man that she was with was a Democrat. He was. Yes. Yeah. Insinuate. Yes. Insinuating that you know maybe she was set up. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see if I can get the uh, the quote on this. Um,
0: Okay. And and not only was it the vaping, it was the groping, the. Her male partner was groping her partially exposed breasts anyway in the theater. And I think she was groping back. It, you know, some, I didn't watch all the video because it's like watching a football injury. <laughs> some things, some things. Some my, things are
1: just better left unseen. <laughs> hear no
0: evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Um, kinda, kinda my, nonsense. Eyes, my
1: eyes, my
0: uh, uh, But just, I, I mean, Look, the degree to which—and Justin's comments, well taken. Let's have our politicians be more authentic people. But also yeah. let's have a bit of decorum. In if you're going to take on a public role and take on a public responsibility, I don't know, just act in ways that don't get you kicked out of a family, you know, live performance theater. It's really, truly something. And there's no doubt that the theater, when they had to have a a security uh, personnel come kneel down uh, next to her seat and ask her to come out and basically demand that she come out and then escort her out of the building, which the video shows all of this happening. There's no doubt they knew who it was, right? She was in Denver. Now, her district doesn't include Denver, but she's well-known enough. And there's little doubt in my mind that they were like okay. They're watching the video surveillance. This, this is how I think it went down. Now, I don't know this for sure, but I'm willing to be wrong about this. Somebody in the security office is watching this and they're thinking to themselves, unbelievable. We cannot let her stay in this theater behaving this way. The person behind her was complaining, it turned out to be a pregnant person who was complaining because the vaping was causing some and she's like i don't need to be smelling your vaping in the theater and then having to go out and complain and then so then they have to send a security person down during the performance of the family friendly beetlejuice is it yeah and it is and also why is she going on a date to beetlejuice without her own children or grandchildren which she which she has both of them just the, just the, I mean, I mean, look, and and I'm being particularly poignant and petty about this because of the public persona that she has. Yes, because she wants to take. She is one of the pro Christian nationalist candidates that we use in, as an example in our training, in our own words, and try to give her full full voice. And her business about drag shows and how it's demeaning, all this stuff. This is the person doing this kind of nonsense. And Rob, it just. Something else.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I, I, I I, found this article. Let me, let me hit you with this. Uh, Representative Lauren Boebert, Republican Colorado, said she has, quote, peacefully parted, unquote, ways with her date who was booted with her from a performance of Beetlejuice following disruptive behavior at a Denver theater. Quote, all future date nights have been canceled. And I learned to check party affiliations before you go on a date. Bobert told TMZ in a video that the outlet shared Wednesday, referencing reports that her date is a Democrat. Bobert said her date's political affiliation didn't influence the split, calling him a wonderful man. Nothing to do with anything anybody reported, she explained, but honestly, he's a private citizen. And you know, we have peacefully parted at this time. Great man, great friend. I wish him all the best. Okay, a couple of things here.
0: It's not about a, the dates. The problem wasn't the date.
1: All right, know, let's yeah. give a yeah. take on this. A, the trying to blame this behavior right. on Democrats is yeah. just... Classic. Come on, come on. Right. B, Doug, I, I don't know how many times you've broken up in the course of your life. Um, you Zero. know, you've you gone on a date or what's that, you know you know you have zero yeah you you, you zero you've never broken up you nope. shelly is the only person you ever dated
0: yes i mean i wasn't even officially dating tiffany this person that i was kind of getting to know
1: when i started dating when i started when i
0: when i started dating shelly as a junior in high school and i have dated no one i have never been on a date oh uh. I've never been broken up with. (laughs) But I've also somehow never asked anyone on a date. We just were in high school, just started hanging out. And then like, there was no like, will you go out with me? Never once. I I mean, there's a whole side of human development that happens in the courtship that I have missed and I'm stunted. But anyway. Wow, that's fascinating. Don't use me as an example.
1: Yes, wow. Have you ever heard anyone describe... um? The process of breaking up with someone, or the result of breaking up with someone, or people n- no longer dating—have you ever heard them describe that with some kind of non-violent qualifier? Like,
0: I don't why know do you question. have to say? I don't say, understand the
1: question. Do you say we? Peacefully parted ways. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> what? what? Her
0: vocabulary is not very consistent. She probably meant graciously. It's probably what she was trying. The connotation, like, hey, we agreed. Everything was fine. There was no frustration. Yeah. You know, okay. peaceful. Uh, okay. But I'm going to check okay. party registration next time I go on a date. <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh,
1: you know, oh. uh, clearly, um, you know, the, the party register, as we learned today, party registration, you know, public knowledge, people can find out how you registered. Doug, I've Yabbet's, got a hot take for you. Ya.
0: Yeah, but says it's short for, he's dead to me. <laughs> it's peacefully passed <laughs> on. one, that's good. one. Good
1: one. Uh, I've got okay, a hot take for you. What's your
0: hot take? Hot cake.
1: The uh, United States Senate changed its rules uh, yesterday, allowing um, people, senators, to vote wearing whatever clothes they want. Um, In the past, it's been suit and tie for men uh, and uh, business attire for women. Oh, praise Jesus. Um, This is going to look great. Seems like um, this is um, a i don't know concession or whatever to the
0: to mitt romney fund. who wants to come in a tank top and shorts for the rest of this because he's not running for re-election <laughs> he's, he's just like because <laughs> he's got a 78 year old man and i am not dressing up anymore <laughs> i'm gonna wear a tank top <laughs> tank top and shorts please oh, Mitt. It. Please, oh, I mean,
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, we we could have we could have senators voting in hospital gowns. We have like, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, you know, most of this has been blamed on John Fetterman, who famously likes to wear a uh, hoodie and shorts, uh, which is, you know, as a man of a certain age is a is a combo I appreciate. Um, you I'm know, literally wearing you wearing know, <laughs> yeah. And um, Lizzie. I don't like this. I don't, I don't like it, it. I don't like it. I don't it like it. No. Where put on a suit when you're going to vote? Put on a suit. I'm with you. I I you know I, I, I have I have more
0: sensitivity I'm, for for women vote women members of the Senate because I think it's overly restrictive. Yes. Th- yes. There. I think it's I mean uh, yep. whatever a suit and tie or a jacket and tie or something is easy to get to. Yep. I think for
1: I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I, who, do listen, I, who do you think it's for? Who do you
0: think it's accommodating? You think it's accommodating Fetterman?
1: Yes, absolutely. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't like it. Put well, on a suit and tie.
0: I got a hot take. Are you done with this hot take? Cause I got a hot take. Yeah. I'm done.
1: yeah. All right.
0: So, um, I, I know you don't tend to traffic in the, who are the governors of the Dakotas? so rob is not one who's going to bother oh no i'm
1: very i'm familiar with one and not the other
0: who's going to bother himself with doug burgum former governor of uh north dakota and republican candidate for the presidency of these united states there's another dakota south dakota
1: yeah and and fanning and dakota fanning too
0: there's dakota fanning and south dakota can i I interrupt your hot take
1: with just a a quick statement that Doug, the governor of one of the Dakotas, oh, that's texted odd. me at 8.30 on a Sunday morning asking for money. Doug, it, you it, text me at 8.30 on a Sunday morning asking for money, you're not getting any money from me. Get, how did I get on this list?
0: Well, it says something uh, about your phone number can't be putting that phone number into all those websites because you want 10% off and think you're not going to get a text because they correlate that phone number with the thing you bought because that's bought by Republicans. And I'm speaking of your cigars. Okay. Uh, here's my hot take. I know you don't keep up with the, uh, governors, but in South Dakota, there's a governor
1: mm-hmm.
0: named Christy Nome. Yeah. Christy Nome.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Apparently is having a marital affair Long term, with Corey Lewandowski, yeah, the um, point of sale POS. What am I thinking? A point of sale. The POS guy from the from the Trump campaigns. The guy who leads up a lot of Trump's shenanigans and badness. A political operative and guy. For a long time, yep. they've been having an affair, and it's now coming out. Okay, so this affair mm-hmm. that Christine Nome a Christian nationalist supporting governor and family values person. Okay, so her affair, Lauren Lauren Boebert's bad groping and vaping and disrupting a theater experience activity. Here comes the hot take. Are now being condemned by many Republicans Many Republican men condemning an affair and condemning inappropriate bad behavior of two women in the Republican universe. Mm. You know who they're not doing that about? All the guys. Nothing about Matt Gaetz. Nothing about Donald Trump. The hypocrisy and the irritation of these Republicans who now are piling on to Lauren Boebert and Christy Noem, who, look, their behavior is without excuse. We should call it out, all the rest of it. But these are the same people that stay quiet when the accusations are brought against men and especially against high-profile men. So a little hot take here. Yeah, keep your condemnations consistent if that's what you think this is about republican voices and republican men it it is like yesterday and today all the piling on like oh here's a couple of freebies for us to really take a stand again about how we're gonna stand yeah really and you know who you're going after the two republican women that have high profile one who's on the docket to be trump's running mate christy noem who doesn't have the common insight to not run to uh, To not be in an affair while you're running for Vice President, oh you know why? because Donald Trump says by his behavior and his acceptance and people's constant devotion to him, we don't care about those things anymore, yep. Governor Noam, they do care about those things yep. when it's you the yeah hot take we need a sound for hot take
1: so, hot take um. Here, I, I, th- I got one for, I got I got one I'm
0: pushing there. buttons on my fancy machine this, here so uh, I got a hot this take this uh
1: one. hot take sound this affair between Christy Gnome and Qu- nope, not that one. That's not a good hot take.
0: Nope. Not, we need a hot yeah. take. Uh, I need new sounds. No, we need a
1: hot oh, take. Oh no. Really? I like the record scratch. Hot take? Yeah, that's like whoa.
0: <laughs>
1: um, oh yeah
0: if anybody's still watching this or listening it's, yeah, thank you here, thank you for sticking he, here with we, us
1: here we go I got one for you
0: okay hot um tank. is this hot this
1: tank? yeah I get my button right so this Christy Nome uh uh Corey Lewin Lewandowski affair mm-hmm. um the news breaks I believe it was broken by a woman who wants to be Trump's vice president and saw Christy Noem as a threat to that. Who? I don't know. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Sarah Huckabee Sanders.
0: The Huck? The Huck is, do you think the Huck is, is positioning for vice president? Wow. Yeah. 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 Your governor. See what
1: I just did. Yeah. Is, yeah. Oh, ooh, Carrie Lake. Alex just said in the comments, that's, that's there we go. probably who it is. There we go. Yes. There it is. There we go. Yeah. Hot take. Carrie
0: Lake. That's to you, Alex. <laughs> you got, yeah. Alex got a hot take. <laughs> hot take. <laughs> what, by the way, when is this phrase hot take? When did this pop in? Because I keep seeing it on, I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of YouTube videos for trying to learn stuff like how to fix a hose, play guitar and, and run, run a political organization. Um, And what, deconstructed Christianity looks like. Uh, And people using this hot take. Is is this, uh, I I mean, honestly, just like, seriously? Um, That's why I watch the deconstruction Christianity stuff.
1: You seriously, wait, hold on. You've watched the uh, deconstruction Christianity videos on YouTube? Yeah, a lot of them. Why?
0: My... I fixed my hose. I learned how to play I'm, they, I'm out of, I'm out of yeah. things. I got
1: nothing. Left. Yeah. I mean, but those are how tos. Like, do you need a how to video on deconstructing Christianity?
0: It's, it's a, it's a hobby of mine. Yeah. You know,
1: yeah, my, yeah. I want to see if they quote my, me because ever because want to see if I ever, get uh, a if I ever get okay, a Okay. Okay. Do you have no, a Google no, alert no, set up for no, your no.
0: name? Oh, of course. Yeah, I do. I do yeah. have that. Yeah. Um, me too. yeah uh, everyone should have that. I mean, unless your name is like yeah. Kevin Smith and then really, yeah. please don't, don't But, but if you've <laughs> yes. got a funny yeah. name,
1: when, when Keith Davenport was running for a uh, state legislature in, um, in Kansas, I thank set you, up Kimberly, a, I, I'm I,
0: curious, I, Rob, I'm just a curious person.
1: Yeah. Uh, I set up oh. a, uh, a, uh, a Google alert for his name as well as his opponent's name. And, uh, his opponent's name was a little bit more common and i would get google you know, i would get emails oh. from google uh and they were never about his opponent
0: it was really oh. annoying i thought you were going to receive all sorts of like sofa couch and house furniture because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keith that still yes. greatest greatest Lab- name in politics to me
1: La- labor day sale at uh <laughs>
0: uh yeah oh look that's a great that's a great take that this stuff about gnome is being put out because others were saying that it was in, including Christy Nome is saying that it's coming from people who want to destroy her reputation so she can't be the uh running mate to Donald Trump which yes. this could all be true yes. it's just it's yes. not it's not
1: Lauren it's Lauren not Boebert's coming from Democrats date. right yeah. it's not coming from Democrats it's coming from. One of the other rivals, uh, you know, to be Trump's running mate.
0: This is the problem with with reality TV. It's that it now becomes the frame by which I think about all this stuff. You know.
1: Yeah. Oh, vision from afar is uh, hitting us with the uh, Wikipedia entry on hot takes.
0: Oh, wow! Hey, vision afar, <laughs> you are about to you are about to be le- legendary status here. If you're copy and pasting out of Wikipedia to help us in real time. <laughs>
1: I love it. You know, you know, <laughs> Our, on
0: YouTube, on YouTube, there's a thing where you can make a boosted donation and then it puts your your it's called a sponsored chat. Uh, Jim was doing that for a while and we didn't know what it was, you know, like what yeah. was a two dollar. He was just donating money to us. We didn't even know what it was. We need a reverse version of that. Yes. For you know, for Alex and for Kimberly and for Mike and for Jim and now for Vision of Far. Well, we're, we're, we're chipping them a dollar. <laughs> like someone just behaved Okay, in a, so here we go. It just
1: comes from sports-related debate shows, which is appropriate for us today, oh, uh, referring to the tactic of host-picking a topic from the sports zeitgeist, zeitgeist, one of my favorite oh. words, oh, really? often oh. one that has no business being discussed because the answer is unknowable, making loud, fact-free declarations about oh, God, this the topic, listening to angry listeners to call in and providing show content.
0: Oh, that so is man. lit that it, th- this entire project of the Common Good Podcast is a hot take. <laughs> hot take. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh vision from afar. Uh that Carl is, the Heathen. That is awesome. Carl the Heathen from power.
1: Uh, oh. I I don't know what that means,
0: but that's awesome. Hi, Carl. And uh and nice name. We'll follow up with you about all that stuff. Um Hey, we uh, 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 appreciate that. Well, uh, Alex says, well, uh, is she having the affair or not? Then who cares? Yes. Who broke the news? She's finding fault with the person, calling her out and breaching the values. No, so she says she is not having the affair. Let's be clear here, you know, in, 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 oh, just in, in full in full, you know, disclosure of what she's saying. She's like, no, I'm not having an affair with Corey Lewandowski, that woman, Corey Lewandowski. <laughs>
1: I did not have sexual relations with that man, Corey Lewandowski. Um,
0: Yeah, so I'm guessing she's not. My hot take was to be putting the focus on the self-righteous Republicans who now are finding a spine to speak out about such things. Yeah. Because the rest of it didn't matter. It was... Well, look at the policies. I'm not concerned about what they say. I'm not concerned yep. about what yep. they do. I'm yep. concerned about what they provide yep. for the American people. That is apparently not their situation when it's Lauren Boebert and Christy yep. Noam.
1: Just Yeah, uh, their their misogyny is showing. Yeah.
0: And it's not just men, by the way. Right. I should have been I should have been more clear I think I think I put overemphasis because the first people I heard about was men, but it's a it's a whole bunch of them. It's a whole bunch of people. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh all right well that's really fun to see Carl the heathen uh uh here super super I,
1: great you, it seems like you and Carl the heathen have uh, some background have some history
0: yeah 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 the, the we, we had a big big event that we were at the parliament of world religions in ah, fact one of the interviews excellent. we did one of the interviews we did with Carl is going to come out is going to come out here uh Carl was Fantastic. one of the um, we met, we met, a lot of people from different religious experiences and different religious yeah. backgrounds. And we hosted these podcasts and we're trying to put them together. There were so many and they were all so great. Uh, they are, they are soon to be coming. So Carl, wait for yourself, uh, on here. And, uh, Love it. that's how you get in. Hey, and by the way, if any of you regulars in the YouTube spaces yes. and Kimberly, you too, I know you're consistently on the Facebook. Uh, uh, no, no. Who, who am I thinking of? That's in the, that's always in the Facebook space. Uh, hmm. mm. it wasn't Kimberly? We have very little Facebook right now. Um, if any of you have a reason to be a guest in this podcast, well, by golly, let me know. Uh, you know, Doug at VoteCommonGood dot com is an email, and uh, you can find my phone number by googling my name. Phone number, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody but the governor, of former governor of North Dakota, can find my phone number. Uh. Uh let's stay in touch about these things. Uh, because I'd love to uh love to have any of you on the on the podcast. So many good things. All right, Rob, is that enough? Uh hour and twenty minutes. That
1: is enough.
0: <sighs> yeah, yeah. We're really reaching uh, you know, Spotify podcast levels, if you know what I'm saying. Uh okay, uh friends, we will uh talk with you tomorrow. Thanks, thanks everybody. Yabits and Alex, Kimberly, uh aka Carl, uh Jim, Peggy, all of y'all. Thanks for being a part of all this. Uh, and by the way, Kimberly, uh, uh, Kimberly, I'm just going to put your early, your early chats up. She says, um, Oh, late again, I was waiting to hear president Biden from the UN assembly. So if she was waiting to hear the current president of the United States address the UN assembly, then she popped back to us. So (laughs) we're like a, we're like a palate cleanser because then she updates us back again after listening to Biden's speech. Uh, uh, so Kimberly, thanks for, uh, for bookending us with, uh, a little Joe at the UN sandwich in the, yeah in between. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye everybody. Bye.
1: Bye.
2: <laughs> I was <laughs> just waiting for you to take uh-huh. us